0: Welcome to another episode of the Programmatic Digest Podcast. We are excited to have you here. On this week's episode, we have a special guest, Tomer Treves. He is the CEO and founder of Ad- Adnimation. He is the CEO and founder of Adnimation. Thank you for joining us today, Tomer. How are you doing?
1: Thank you, Helen. Thank you for having me. And thank you for pronouncing the name correctly, Adnimation. Adnimation. Some, I don't know some why. It's old background that we used to have. <laughs>
0: I think it's it plays really well with the word and it also plays really well with today's conversation, which is going to be more about like the publisher's point of view, how are things monetized on the back end from a publisher from a site perspective. Um Obviously, you in our introduction, I told you that I was more on the buy side, some of the audience is more on the buy side. But I think the conversation we're going to have is going to be so valuable for every single person listening. So before we get into this conversation, can you introduce yourself, let us know who you are, how you got into into uh, programmatic in general, and how you, why you founded you know, animation.
1: Of course. Thank you. I'll be happy to do that. I'm also excited to be speaking with you today because I think that most buyers on the programmatic area... They, yeah. They, they know how to buy, but they need to understand who they work with from the other side. There are yep. so many computers along the way, so you, you lose the human touch. And then I think yeah. this perspective could be useful. Totally. Um, Adnimation is a monetization company. Um, our customers are content websites uh, that love doing content, but have trouble managing the ad sales process. Uh, the programmatic sales process is complicated. It requires a lot of technology. Uh, which changes all the time, and they are frustrated with those changes all the time, and they can't maximize the prices that they get. And so they hire animation, and we bring in uh, a technological platform and service that takes over all ad space in the website and sell it for them in a smarter way and for higher prices. You asked how how we began with that. I used to be in, in ad tech for a long time, and I saw how most ad tech companies help advertisers buy ads for less, which is good. Uh, but I think what they really should do is buy ads effectively so they get a good return on what they buy, not just a focus on the price but also on their return mm. and 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 because I felt that publishers are a, an important part of that equation, they bring in the content of the world. Without them, there's nothing. I thought that somebody needs to take their corner um, and help them <laughs> uh, get better prices this way, become stronger businesses and survive as as active websites and keep mm-hmm. on providing good quality content to everyone so that's animation and how i got into programmatic
0: that is really cool did you always wanted to uh start in programmatic did you say that to us already talk about how
1: i wanted i wanted to make the world a little better if i could and the way that i found um is that mm-hmm. um for example if we take new sites or recipe sites yeah they need to be independent if they're not independent enough financially then their content is usually biased uh, towards the people who pay them. Mm -hmm. And so um, to become independent, if they sell the ads programmatically, Mm -hmm. they don't have to speak directly with advertisers and develop a dependency on them Mm -hmm. because it's programmatic, it's Mm -hmm. indirect. And if we maximize the the revenue for them, then they have enough to pay for more writers, more editors, and, and survive as businesses.
0: Content quality, yeah.
1: Yeah, so we empower the the publisher to, to become an independent business, and then the quality of the content is preserved or even yeah. improved. And by such, we're doing the world just a little bit better. And that's why <laughs> I joined this sphere.
0: No, I love it. I love it. So... If you had to define what you do to a five-year-old, what would be your definition of programmatic?
1: From our our perspective. Yeah,
0: from your perspective, how would you define...
1: selling programmatic ads. Yeah, through selling programmatic ads, we help content websites become stronger businesses because we make them more money. We sell the ads in a smarter way, more efficiently. And so the... Ad revenue that they yield throughout the month is higher than they used to before. And so they can pay more to the content creator, to the editor, to the photographer, and to the infrastructure.
0: Mm, Got it. Got it. So so let's talk about the publisher's point of view here, okay? Because in our intro, I I wanted to highlight how, from a buy side, how we see the sell side, (laughs) how we operate with the sell side. And there's a lot of, it's still very siloed. We still don't see clearly on the other side, um, depending on the DSP that you're that we're utilizing. Sometimes there's a lack of transparency, like we'll get the SSP and then we'll get the site, but we won't get the seller. How about this? For the person listening that is currently managing an ad campaign on the buy side and the DSP, for instance, or servicing a client, an advertiser... Can you tell us like what are some challenges you're currently facing but also some benefit of working directly with somebody like directly with a seller or should we keep working with the SSPs like how can we maximize and support what you're doing right now
1: It's a, it's a good question it's complicated but I, yeah. I I'd be happy to dive into it because yeah, why do we have programmatic we have programmatic because it was the, the numbers grew the buyers mm-hmm. needed to buy placements on on a few sites and then and then hundreds and then thousands and then it was impossible because they couldn't speak to thousands of sites for each campaign or each mm-hmm. modification so programmatic was born to help uh connect many advertisers to many publishers mm-hmm. uh, and through this process which is a, it's a genius process but through this process we lost the, con- the direct connection and yeah. and it's sometimes difficult to understand what are you buying and because of this difficulty, you're not serving the advertiser or your client in the best possible way. And I, and I think we touched a good example in our prior conversation, which I, I'd be happy to dive into. When, when you plan a media mix and you started a campaign and, and you, you, I don't know, you selected 100 URLs or 1,000 and you targeted them. And then you review it the day after and you start deleting sites off your list because they were not performing well what you're doing is you're deleting sometimes an entire website without diving into details of what actually works and not works. And, and sometimes because of how you try to buy, you buy the, the lowest possible, the, the, like I'll give, a, I'll give an example. I think yeah, that still, yeah. let's say that you buy, you buy from a new site, mm-hmm. but you're only willing to pay a dollar. Let's say it's a, let's say it's a low sum for that website, mm-hmm. but they do have, a unit way below the fold under everything else where you can, you can get, you can buy it for a low price. And so you bought it clearly because it's a very bad location. It had very low viewability, very low, probably zero engagement from from, from viewers Mm -hmm. from a buyer point of view. This was a a bad website, but this is an amazing website with a million engaged users every, every day. Mm -hmm. But because you, placed it for a low price on a very bad unit, then you and then you crossed it out and from your media out mix out. and your plan okay. and you're missing it out. So what you really need to do in that example is take a closer look at the website, see which locations are available mm-hmm. and select a better location that maybe you'll have to pay a little more, but it will be much more engaging than in an in-content unit where the focus of the users is and and and, and you'll see an amazing return on that. Mm-hmm. but because you didn't analyze per placement then you lost a very big opportunity there so okay. the example so- gives the rule of look at a website not as a one location but a website can include many different ad placements which would for you would act very differently
0: got it because when we optimize and I say we because I've done it like if I had to optimize you know sites and that's something that I really encourage any trader to do. And the reality is that we, because time is a commodity and we don't have a lot of it, we really rely on whatever automation, optimization, auto optimization we have for the DSP. Like for instance, for the Trade S, it'll be Koa. For the Trade S and Chuzo, it will be Koa. So for the case where we don't have a lot of time, this is exactly what we do. We scan through those sites. We place our decision-making based on that main KPI. But I always suggest to layer another two to three. Those KPIs are assisting KPI that's going to help make a bigger picture. But nowhere do we look as intense or do we go in detail as layering in like something like a size or a creative format. There are some instances where we have to layer additional points. Because we're trying to tell the stories, we're trying to see. But when you when you're scanning, hopefully it's not a thousand sites, y'all. But when mm-hmm. you're scanning a few sites, it takes it takes a lot of time for us to make that decision. It really does. So I think we also have a challenge on our end. It's like, how do we become efficient in this process? Because SPO from the buy side, which is you know optimizing a site list, is one of the very much important data providers and site lists. Or two things I think every single trader should look at on a almost once a week, at least once a week, because there's so much inventory out there. And I think that's a good segue into my next question. Like, what is your perspective between we understand why we go from open exchange to private deals or direct deals with some of the sellers or some of the sites, uh, some of the publishers, excuse me. But like, what's your perspective? What's like the publisher view, <laughs> point of view? with uh it's a
1: it's an yeah it's an excellent point and angle because first of all i want to i want to touch the the issue of time and then the programmatic yeah let's go i'm curious go ahead time that's how it is if it if it was easy then everybody would do it (laughs) and it would there wouldn't be a challenge of course it takes time and to make a smart buy and to give real value to your advertiser or client it does take an effort sometimes and 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 Mm -hmm. it's those who do this the, the extra effort that later on get the you know get promoted and get more clients because with 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 some more attention put into the process the ROI the return on investment that you will get to the advertiser would be substantially higher because it's exactly those gems that other people would miss because they would delete them immediately without looking into the details and 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 then only the one who would put in the extra effort and time and find the better placement for a better price are the ones who bring the highest value to the advertiser. So I know it takes time and effort, Yeah. but, but, but if it was so easy, then you wouldn't need a person there because it is programmatic in theory. It could be a machine that does the entire process. Right. Yeah but i strongly believe that no we still haven't invented the perfect machine that can do everything
0: no, no, no.
1: once once someone invented that the whole that would be scary would
0: that would be very yeah, scary Oh, well, yeah
1: many, many <laughs> like, jobs will be lost
0: <laughs> yeah exactly
1: um
0: i like um, i like the way but we're uh, not there
1: we're not there yet no
0: you know we're not there for sure for sure i like i like your perspective here because it made me think about um a microwavable meal and then a meal that you cook fully on the stove and you've taken hours there's a reason why we love our mama's food is because they take their time cooking they take for hours to cook um and you cannot eat until it's done for those six hours but when you get to eat it tastes amazing and that's why it's mama's food right because it brings some warmth to it, it brings some love to it so i definitely appreciate your perspective because you're right we need to take a little bit more time to go that extra step And that's also why I always say like, we don't need to target everybody on the internet, right? That's why we have to be from the beginning, from a starting point, very strategic. And we can utilize the option of whitelisting or including a list of handful of sites. But again, we rely a lot on the open exchange and some of the quality is not always there. But again, the quality that I'm referring to is because based on those optimization, KPI-based optimization, we don't always see that quality, you know? Hi, did you know that at Ellen Parker Consulting, we now offer an accelerator program where we attract, recruit, and train future marketers? And their training includes a six-weeks program where they cover programmatic landscape, um, industry, important industry trends, the differences between targeting placement and targeting mix and their best practices, including optimization and reporting hacks. Um, And they're able to set up, manage and monitor a campaign, a demo campaign in the trade desk, everything including audience selection, inventory optimization, SPO, creative upload, brand safety, you name it. They're able to do it at the end of the six weeks program. So if you are part of the 90% of employers struggling to find a skilled Candidate today and not willing to spend $14,900 on a bad hire, according to Zipia, give us a call. Let's discuss which one of our five to 10 juniors available every month is the perfect fit for your team. Clients who have hired our juniors have shared that we were able to help them save one to two month onboarding with those juniors. Give us a call right now and let's discuss the solution with you.
1: I owe you another uh, answer to the second part of the question about yeah. uh, when do we move from open auction to programmatic guarantee to programmatic mm-hmm. direct. Again, this would take time because then instead of buying from everybody together, you'll have to set up a deal with a specific publisher, mm-hmm. but, but it does have advantages. Uh, I can think of two immediate advantages. Mm -hmm. One is when you really need volume, and second is when you really need quality. So sometimes there are campaigns that you just need millions of views fast. This happens in political campaigns, but also because it's time sensitive, but also with launches. When when there's a new movie coming out or a new TV series, and there's a launch date, and they need to get their... 100 million views in this week yeah so so sometimes it's difficult to get the volumes that you need and when you get in direct contact with a publisher through programmatic direct you can get a uh, guaranteed of a certain volume so the publisher will help you and guarantee a, a chunk of their traffic to you and this is how you, you get your volumes you, you close a few of those deals to get the few millions that you need so because you can't get to the launch date and and then uh, you know get back to your client say hey i'm sorry i couldn't spend the budget that, that 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 would be horrible you you'll be losing they will be losing everybody misses the 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 goal so yeah. so one is to get volume the second is to get quality um with each publisher they mostly they know which units are the most engaged on their site uh, we touched an example before and and you and i as some some advertisers really like the top banner which is it, it, it has a good name, top, because it's on the top, but it's not really top in quality. Mm-hmm. Many times, because it's the first pixel on the website, when a user comes in through their mobile device, mm-hmm. they actually scroll down before that mm-hmm. banner is even loaded, or at least uh, definitely before it gets attention.
0: Mm-hmm. Their
1: eyes are attracted to the center of the screen. They scroll down, and that top banner, which is normally sold for a high price. Has very little engagement, and the return to the advertising budget is very low. Mm, wow. And so it's it wouldn't be recommended. But and each publisher normally they should know which units work best on their site. Mm-hmm. And through a direct contact, uh, you can get both that that this tip, the 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 information, and also guarantee that you will get exposure in this uh, unit. So you can ask in the guarantee deal both for volume and specific locations Mm -hmm. and while you will be paying more than what you would probably pay on open auction Mm -hmm. the return that you get is so much better because you bring into you bring the you get to the the advertisers exactly what they needed real views and engagement and the volume that they needed
0: now we're talking more customized and specialized right because a deal whether private or guaranteed or not guaranteed it's more niche, so there's less inventory, obviously, because again, sometimes it's not always about volume. Volume is important, but sometimes in some cases, it's not always about volume, and you have to make sure to to look into it. So, if there is three things you wanted everybody to know about about the industry, about the publisher side, about how to maximize our partnership, how to really make it make things a little bit better for both sides, what would be those three things? Like if anybody stopped the podcast right now, what would be those three things you want them to remember?
1: Um, Okay, I have three for you. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Publishers, animation, and CTV. So publishers, Mm -hmm. I'd love for buyers to remember that behind publishers, there are people. Mm -hmm. When when you do programmatic buying for a long time, you see numbers. You know how to play with numbers. You know how to adjust them. But behind the numbers, there's content. And behind the content, there, there are real people.
0: Wow.
1: And if you remember that, it mm-hmm. can influence some of your decisions to and it will improve the entire industry. For example, when you push prices down and you push them too low, you may ruin the the, the website in the way that they eventually go out of business or... Will not be able to invest enough in more content and there'll be no more users and then you won't have where to buy. So if, for example, as a buyer, you could use a magic button and cut all prices by half, you'd probably do that, but then the publishers would disappear. And, and then you won't, you'll be out of the job. So mm-hmm. that's an example of pricing, but it's not just about that. It's about complaints. I and mean, when you're not happy with results and, and if you, you're not happy with the site and you delete it, you may, you may throw someone out of business or uh, you may hurt them in a way that, that, you know, you didn't, you didn't mean to, you were, you, you filed a complaint that I wasn't happy with the traffic or something. And now you, you throw them in, into such a hailstorm. So just remember that there are people on the other side. That would be one. My second point would be about adnimation in monetization companies like adnimation. Yeah. Um, when there are publishers who understand that the technological challenge is too much and finances are also difficult, yeah. they go to companies like adnimation to help them sell the ad space. We work with many hundreds of websites. Mm-hmm. And we give them an umbrella of, of technology and services that covers mm-hmm. all their ad sales needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very happy with that. They don't have to chase after ad tech changes they don't have to uh, go and collect from many different advertisers all the payments we do finances for them as well but from a buyer's perspective it can be an interesting opportunity because when you get to a connection with animation or other monetization companies you can actually get all this added value that we talked about that you get from a publisher Mm -hmm. uh, you know about the best locations best volume and everything else but with regards to hundreds of websites. So it can be an interesting leverage for you as a buyer if you get a good monetization company in a a relationship with, then you have access to hundreds of sites programmatically, but with the added value of the publisher's perspective. Got it. So I would recommend buyers to look into such opportunities and you find it programmatically, but then Mm -hmm. when you speak directly with a company, you actually speak with a company that represents a thousand websites. Okay, yeah, so it's yeah, a yeah. shortcut. So my second, so it was first, publishers are real, are, are human. Two, animation and monetization companies. Mm-hmm. And three, I think the newest and hottest market at the moment, almost untouched by programmatic buyers, is connected television, CTV. Viewers of, of traditional TV have shifted in millions to connected TVs and smart TVs, and they watch uh, uh video content on CTV apps um, on Roku or Amazon TV or Apple TV uh, I know I do definitely my kids don't watch traditional broadcast at all they only watch through CTV apps
0: we haven't we and, haven't in years as well since maybe 2015 yeah, and, 2016
1: and many CTV apps today have programmatic ads because they yeah. need to monetize as well if it's not a subscription based, programming like Netflix or or Disney+, Plus, uh, then it's an ad-based content app. They they also have ad servers and auctions, and they sell programmatically video ads. Mm -hmm. So if you're buying for a campaign and you have video inventory, but not only video, it can also be banners, Mm -hmm. then you can buy a lot of engaged traffic on CTV apps. It's a little different than websites because you, you don't have a lot of clicks. But if it's for branding or for views... Uh, yeah. or for videos, then the engagement is amazing because normally it's a very big screen and the user actually watches it. Yes. Yeah. So you get the full attention and this is what advertisers are looking for. So uh, CTV is an opportunity for new buying. CTV monetization from the publisher perspective, CTV monetization is a mm-hmm. huge thing. And animation, it, we, we are leading a lot of activity in this field. And I think it's important for the buyers as well to get to know it.
0: Yeah, and uh, you just receive a Google certification or par- preferred partners or something. Can yes. you talk to us about that?
1: Correct. Of course, we we t- to get the ad to the advertiser, we work with all the big exchanges, right? And this includes, of course, Google and Amazon and all the rest. Mm-hmm. And we've been working with Google for many years, and they have different levels of of partnerships. And recently, animation was awarded the, the highest level, the highest possible level of a nice. global partner, which is called google certified publishing partner gcpp and we just had a very nice lunch to celebrate it here
0: oh great well congratulations yes i hope you celebrate it it's a big win and every win is big in my book so congratulations that's really dope
1: definitely yeah i'm a big believer in in, in stopping and saying thank you when good things happen because we have enough trouble coming out all right anytime in any way but at least <laughs> yeah. something good happened yeah, definitely. So I agree,
0: you. I agree. I think it's a good segue into the closing segment where I like to ask every every guest a fun fact about yourself. So, can you share something like a fun fact that maybe nobody else knows or not a lot of people on your team would know this about you? It could be personal. It could be professional. It could be either.
1: <laughs> I can think of uh, of of one personal, one professional. Okay. One which the listeners probably don't know <laughs> is while we speak uh, speak here in American English and we talk about the U.S. market, uh-huh. I'm actually located in Israel.
0: Love it. Uh,
1: very, very far from the U.S., but uh, with uh, you know very strong connections. And Israel has been kind of an ad tech capital in the last year's decade. Uh, I think yeah. many ad tech companies grew out of Israel yeah. and uh, yeah, influenced yeah. the world, which is interesting. And and from here, we work mostly with the US market mm-hmm. despite the seven to 10 hours time zone difference. Yeah. So that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Professionally, I can tell you that the, um, our first big clients uh, were um, a website called Betches, Um, it's a very it's a it's a website from new york targeting young female audience yeah 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 and 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 we worked for them early on uh together with them and together we set up amazing campaigns to a then just starting dating app called bumble oh wow uh, which nobody knew of and then we connected both of them uh and they had you know Betches had the audience of young female, mm-hmm. and uh, Bumble were looking for them, and they had the brand that uh, to grow, and and together it was and and we were in the middle building the campaigns, and and it was amazing to see both of them grow, uh, Betches becoming a major entertainment uh, brand and Bumble becoming a major dating brand um, through very good matching between the advertiser needs and the publisher needs. Wow. And I think it's something, uh, it's nice to remember that sometimes, you know, you're listening when when they come to work in programmatic, they can influence the world just a little bit.
0: That's true. That's it. I mean, there's a lot of great success stories, but I love this. I love this one. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) So if you this is one of the final questions if you had to tell yourself uh your freshman self what is one thing you wish you knew then that you now know uh thanks to your experience what would that one be so what would you tell yourself that just started in the industry that you wish you knew then
1: Hmm interesting question I do have some perspective already <laughs> I think in one sentence I would tell him this too shall pass, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because there sometimes it looked like the world is ending.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, you know, just three years ago, pandemic erupted, <laughs> everything was shut down, everything like and in one day, all big advertisers closed their campaigns, mm. entertainment, airlines, yeah um, anything everything and anything hospitality, uh, uh, tourism mm. and we we saw a drop. In, in in campaigns and advertising mm-hmm. of of I don't know 80 percent in one day or one week maybe
0: mm-hmm.
1: and on the other hand people went online to read the news so there was a lot of supply of ads That's and no demand awesome. mm-hmm. and our our team had to stay at home it looked like the end of the world <laughs>
0: um, it did, it did. And
1: if somebody <laughs> then would have you know tapped my shoulder until he give it a, give it some time this too shall pass
0: yeah 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 and,
1: and and it's true to many things when they happen it looks like the end of the world but take deep, take a deep breath and and continue work hard work hard for your for your partners your team your clients and if you do that you'll you'll survive anything and if we survive the pandemic we can survive anything now
0: yeah, that is true that's true i think it's a, it's a really great perspective it's a great reminder that you know it's it's not the worst case of, or we've survived 100% of our worst days so far so that's that's mm-hmm. a great reminder and i really oh, really love and yeah. i'm a big fan of what you're doing so if anybody needed to get in touch with you or with your team how can they do that
1: so animation is hard to pronounce but it came from uh, a we combined, we we started doing some animation with ads uh-huh. uh, 10 years ago so we took the word ads and advertising and animation, nice we it's a
0: nice put film. together
1: "animation." Once you hear that story, then it's easy to pronounce and say, because uh-huh. it's animation and ads, <laughs> okay, animation, And then animation is very easy to find. Then we have an online chat and an email and a phone number and everything is available. Uh, and of course, I'm there, Tomer, Travis also. So it's easy to get in touch and, and we love hearing from buyers as well. So it's an easy pitch. So definitely there.
0: Thank you so much for stopping by all of Tomer's and Agnimation's information will be in the show notes, either at the bottom of this video, or if you're listening to the podcast, just simply look at your show notes or go on our website. Tomer, thank you so much for coming on. We, you really give us a different perspective. You reminded us that even though we work with technology, there's still humans, whole humans on the other side of the the road. And I think that's a welcome reminder, especially nowadays. So thank you so much. We wish you the best of luck and we'll have Tomer back on the podcast or somebody on your on his team very, very soon.
1: <laughs> Ellen, thank you very much for having me. I think you're doing a very important job with your podcast and your work. And I wish you also all the best. And I'm sure this is not the last time that we
0: oh, speak. Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> thank you, Tomer.
1: Bye-bye.